relevant. Brought to you by Bonham Wednesdays. Hi, it's time for The Wire again. Seeing as the third and last episode, we thought it might be time for a change. And yep, we're presenting in English. Let's cut the crap and get things going. Now, how much do you know about the local sports scene? For those of you who are following the English Premier League, the La Liga, or even the Champions League, have you ever paid attention to our very own local league? The Hong Kong First Division, as it's commonly known, is established in 1908. That's 105 years from today. With 10 teams from the region, the league is not only the place for local footballers but also overseas recruits. And James Ha is one of them. Parents in Hong Kong are not always supportive of their children pursuing a career in football. So what about James? Um, at first, they don't really care. It's just like a kid playing a sport. They 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 never thought I would take it that seriously at first. But then, by, by the time I was playing for Hong Kong uh, and stuff. Um, Is when my parents knew that I played football. They they weren't really sure what kind of sport sport I played. They were they were they were quite supportive. Yeah, they they weren't against it. Like a lot of other players, to be honest, a lot of other players that、um, have a rather poor family background would probably be against it because it's not like a long term kind of career you would want to look at. It's not like a, a, a government job or anything like that. Once you're thirty three, you're gone. It's not even a a big. Salary that you can get from from playing football in Hong Kong. The only the only、um, hope that players have is、um, breaking it out outside of Hong Kong, maybe in the European side, China, China League, somewhere where they could play a lot more for you to have a more sustainable life in the future. But in Hong Kong, that's not guaranteed, not at all. So how did James cope with training when he's still at school? In regards of、um, balancing both soccer and、um, school schoolwork, and、um, the school was like South Island School, the school I went to, absolutely amazing. They they helped me out. They were flexible. I took the course. I I, I had I had days where I could take my day off to go to training because、um, it was too much of a hassle going back and forth. As long as I did all my coursework, they they gave me no trouble. No nothing was really in my way that much because I had enough. I had a good Mentality to do both.、Uh, I I had the time. I had the I had the support. I had the passion. I had the I had the joy. So, what do you think of football players in Hong Kong? James wants to clear some of the misconceptions and stereotypes that normal people have on football players. They might they might think、uh, Hong Kong players are like、um, are rude, uneducated. That's what they do. They can't. They failed school. That's where they go. No, I don't think that's true. I know many players in the team that are in universities. Some in your uni, like some in HKU. Like many players are well educated, but、um, it's only it's only the stereotypical like views of other people that thinks、um, uh, Hong Kong players are really rude. All they do is gamble. They, it's not true. I, I think that's one thing that、um, people misunderstand. Two years ago, James had a stint at English Championship side Birmingham, but wasn't offered a contract in the end. But he looks at it very positively. I wouldn't call it not successful, to be honest. I um, I I I I look at it rather as an experience. You know, I've went further than any other player my age could. I went further than anyone could have imagined in such a short time. Like um, I think success 
is um, on my point of view is how close you can get and how how you how you don't give up and keep trying to pursue your dream. And um, Birmingham was a, a step. It was an experience. I'm glad that I got there. I'm glad that I've got the chance to see it, experience it. I didn't make I didn't get a contract, a long term contract or anything, but. I think the experience I got out of it was a plus. It was a positive thing for me. James said his optimistic attitude has helped him a lot. I, I I'm a very positive person. Everything that, even if it's not smooth, I would see it as it's quite smooth. Like Birmingham, if someone, if it was someone with a negative thought, they might think, "Oh, I didn't make it. Waste of time." Nah, for me, I think, why not? It's good. It went smooth. I, I enjoyed it. What does James feel about the development of football in Hong Kong compared to neighboring countries? Very behind, compared to which country? If we're comparing ourselves to the English league, then yeah, we're way behind on all aspects. <laughs> Asian countries, you can see China stepping up, stepping up um, with like this past ten years. China, China league's been stepping up so. So dramatically, um, importing players from Chelsea, like Drogba, etc. These big names coming in, and now Hong Kong's been trying. You know,、um, the big club, the two main clubs, Kitchi and、uh, South China, and、um, Ken and、um, Mr. Law. They've been trying to import players like Nicky Butt.、Um, Ken's been trying to import players from the Spanish league, famous players. This is this is not only for the team to play better, but it's more for the Hong Kong.、Um, Hong Kong football to grow, and、um, internationally especially, to like let everyone outside of Hong Kong know, oh, Hong Kong league exists. People that are good, that are famous, they come. They don't just stay at home. Like we, we, we're not just like some random kids who pick up from the factory and play. We, we are professionals. That's what. With a lack of attendance and sponsorship, there had been rumors that the local league might join with the Chinese Super League from across the border, but James doesn't want to see that happen. Hong Kong is so different to China. The people, the lifestyle, the education. Like I find Hong Kong like a different country to China. Hong Kong League's always been the Hong Kong League. Like、um, there, there are cups where Hong Kong play against teams in China. I'm not denying that. Like we could like play against each other. Like, but I don't think they should make it the same league because Hong Kong is always Hong Kong. A better example. You won't say the Norwegian league should. should Join in with the Sweden league. Like, I find it a bit odd if you do that, and we'll have to travel a long way every game. If we play against Beijing, it'll be a plane ride away. It'll be a lot more. You'll need a lot of money. That's one thing. And、um, there's 13 teams in Hong Kong. Which teams are going up to the China league? Here's the story of James, an up-and-coming football prospect, which I believe will make a splash in years to come. Now Hillary wants to talk about her road to tennis and how she's met one of the best players in town. I started playing tennis when I was seven. I loved it a lot. I guess it wasn't a sport that I was into, but more like that cute little white pleated tennis skirt. I've always been mesmerized by tennis skirts up till now, so if you were to look through my wardrobe, you'll be able to see more tennis skirts than jeans. <laughs> All right, so back to tennis playing. Back then, I guess it was around eight years old. My dad sent me to a group training at a private clubhouse. 
and it was pretty intense. But I loved it still, until I started getting upset because of the kids. Okay, so try imagining, I was the only local Chinese young girl playing in that group at that time. I didn't go to an international school, so I had no idea how to mingle with the other kids who all went to iSchools. Eventually, I played better than all the other kids, and well, the boys too. You could guess what happened then, with all the little kids and gossips. At the age of 11 or 12, I decided to quit training at that club. In fact, I hated that club so much, I didn't even want to go back. Well, thank God, that was the time I got into high school. And I was then recruited to the tennis team. That was also then I met my favorite Hong Kong tennis player. I was too shy to talk to her back then, but now I finally got a chance to interview her. She left my high school eventually to pursue her dreams in tennis. I first asked if our high school helped her in any ways in mastering tennis. And well, we went on to talk about what happened after quitting our high school halfway through. <laughs> Unfortunately not because like Hong Kong high school sports are just very recreational and, and uh, I played for my school but it, it's not where I get the training from where if you need the training it's from like um, a more a, a tennis association that that would be where you get training and um, may, but maybe being in a sports team helped me to develop into a person who is more of a team player and and, and so it's tennis becomes team event because normally when I play it's an individual sports. I graduated from University of Washington two years ago and I've been playing um, as a professional tennis player these two years. While I was playing at the University of Washington, during the weekends I have to compete in tournaments against other top schools in US. So I basically flew over to their university and, and compete and then during weekdays I would have to practice like three to four hours per day after school. So in the afternoon I'll be practicing and then, yeah, it's, it's a bit tough to be able to handle both um, study and tennis at the same time. But I was doing doing that before going to university because I studied um, online high school. So I was working on my assignments on my own in, in high school while traveling around the world to compete. And, and so maybe that developed me into a person who's able to manage the time well. It was never an easy path for Finise. At the age of 15 to 16, she had to train for more than six hours, so to be more focused on tennis. Um, so in the morning, I'll get three hours of practice. Uh, three hours of practice. We have four people, four girls in the team, and then there's a few coaches, and then after break, we have fitness training, so we'll go to do cardio running or weight training or... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just working out. And then, like, let's say that we'll take one hour or a bit more. And then afternoon tennis training starts from four to seven. Then we'll be just be hitting, like rallying and play like points, practice matches. So in the morning, it's it's more you work on the basic stuff, like the strokes and everything. And then at, at afternoon, you try to make use of it and play in the point situation. Thank you.
The most exciting part for her was obviously traveling around to play tournaments. We went on to talk about nurturing tennis talents in Hong Kong. Oh well, where should these talents develop themselves anyway? Um, there's certainly a lot of coaches, like for example in Hong Kong Tennis Association and and facilities is really nice, except they just lack um, indoor facilities. So when it rains, then it's hard to find a place to play tennis in in Hong Kong. Well, I am Lina, the Chinese player. She, I mean, she represents China, so and she's the first Chinese to win the Grand Slam. I mean, to be in the final. Besides U.S., I think. The upcoming actually would be China because after Lina as a role model, um, a lot of people, a lot of coaches trying to invest in the Chinese players, and I saw like just from the last tournaments in all China games, so they they try to Im- import a lot of foreigners coaches from overseas just to help them give another perspective of ch- the China players. I remember when Raymond and I interviewed James Ha. He um, <laughs> he mentioned his stable long-distance relationship with his girlfriend, despite having to travel around all the time. But well, it doesn't seem like the case for Venice. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I was right because traveling, it's really tough to, I mean, date anyone because it, that would, because I'm not always in in home in Hong Kong. But when I'm in Hong Kong, I, I do meet up with friends and spend time with my family a lot. Yeah, I think if I don't have tennis, probably I would make a lot more friends actually, <laughs> because because you're constantly competing in a competing situation. So it's like oh maybe you're friends with a lot of people, but at the same time they're also someone you're gonna play against. So the kind of friendship relationship it's really different from. If I'm not pursuing a tennis career, so and because I have traveled a lot different places, it's hard to really meet up with friends that really friends. <laughs> yeah, because I'm away all the time, and so that makes it difficult. I mean, that's something you can say that's the bad side of being a professional tennis player. The path of being a tennis player is never a smooth one, but as James said, never give up is the key. So you got it there. All right, and that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for listening to the last episode of The Wire, and thank you again for all the interviewees who we annoyingly messed with. Thank you so much, and we hope you liked The Wire. Fun, upbeat, and relevant. to you by Bonham Wednesdays. This episode of The Wire is presented by Raymond Young and Hilary Kong. Next week, The Hood will be in charge of Bonham Wednesdays. You can download all the available podcasts on SoundCloud for free. For more information, please visit bonhamwednesdays.com.